listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel. Our houses are always Airbnb ready, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Today we talk movies with George Carpenter, Jake Burton's son. Dear Rider is the name of the movie. It's the life story of Jake Burton. For those in the know, no explanation is needed, so sit back and enjoy. But for those who don't know, join us on an emotional chat that sparked many memories, highs and lows, as we learn about the Burton brand and some of their lifelong lessons in business, why family and the snowboarding community are everything, and why you should always follow your own path. Now, Emma and I are not snowboarders, but we certainly have become engaged by the Burton community. Team member, anyone? Come with us on the ride. What an absolute journey Jake took us on. From his lifestyle, he created a business that was born out of his passion. And then he brought snowboarding to the masses through the US Open and then revolutionising the ski industry, which was amazing. I was there in the 90s when he did it. So we are super thrilled, George, that you are speaking with us today. Thank you so much. Of course. Yeah, stoked to be here. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I when I was watching it, it was so amazing because um, I'm a skier. So I, it just helped me understand the snowboarder mind a lot more. I couldn't help draw a parallel between your dad and my husband. They're both called Jake. My husband is the kind of person when we go to the snow, there are no days off. When we go to the beach, everyone's got to surf and it can kind of be a bit exhausting, but it's also, it's really admirable for people who can just squeeze so much out of their day and their life what was it like having a dad who's like this uh yeah I think exhausting is a good word (laughs) good word to use sometimes no I think I you know growing up it was um it was it was really exciting and and you know we got to see so much of the world and do all these things together and just had friends all over the world um you know growing up with our our role models being like professional snowboarders were like our friends growing up. And uh, yeah, I think my mom called him our cruise cruise captain at one point in the film. Um, and that's definitely how it felt. And, you know, I'd like being in Stockholm, it's like, I we've, we've been here before with our family and um, like, I, you know, growing up, I think it felt pretty normal, but now looking back, it's like, Holy shit, we got a lot. Oh, sorry for saying, saying that. That's right. Love it. <laughs> But we, uh, you know, we got a lot, we got a lot done and we got a lot, we had a lot of fun together as a family. And, you know, after, after kind of graduating high school, I moved away to, to Colorado and then to New York City. Um, But my dad, whenever, you know, we, we still did family trips together. It was always based around surfing or or snowboarding together. And yeah, I just feel super fortunate that we were able to do those two things that have you know, that are my, now my favorite things to do and um, snowboarding and surfing or snowboarding, especially kind of gives you energy. Um, so a lot of the travel and moving around can be tiring, but then when you go snowboarding, it just breathes life yeah. into you. It feels so, feels so good. makes the whole, the whole thing worth it. 
Yeah, true. It seems like your your life was a little bit of a beer commercial. <laughs> everything was amazing and fantasy and <laughs> everything that every kind of snowboarder surfer wants in their life or skier, someone that loves adventure, you know, and your dad kind of was full of was full of it. It really came through in the movie, like how passionate he was about life and about you guys, his family and his community. I guess like earlier on in life, he get a lot of like death around him. It seemed like a little bit earlier. Do you think that was like a driving force for him as he was? He had to grow up fast, and I've got to embrace my community and my family. And he wanted to succeed and prove his critics kind of wrong all the time and go, "Yep, I can do this." Yeah, yeah. he talks about it in the film, but I think you know, losing his uh, losing his brother and his mom at an early age was really hard on him. And I, you know, he had a, it remained hard on him throughout his life. It was, it was a painful, painful childhood. And it just made him, he talks about it in the film, but he doesn't really, didn't really consider himself spiritual, but he wanted to get the most out of life. And, you know, growing up, there was, that was, that was definitely around. But then after, you know, getting cancer and then Miller Fisher, um, I think he could sense that it was, it was happening to to him and that's really when he like kicked it up a notch and uh i don't know how he did it like he was just a machine those last couple of years yeah. he didn't stop and i i think he maybe sensed that it was coming back and that maybe his time was limited and that he just had to like squeeze every second out of every day um, yeah which was inspiring and also like induced awe like it was kind of like how the fuck how are you doing this you know um but it was yeah. yeah, it was like really cool those last couple of years, and it, that really brought us together close as a family. And we, uh, you know, I we were all kind of living across the country, but we would spend a week, you know, here and there together, and just kind of go go hard together as a family, or or just one on one with my dad, you know. And it was um super fun. Mm. But um, I just want to speak a little about the, uh, you know, I guess the Burton products. I, I'm so fascinated for the, just the way he's come up with the idea in the beginning and, and just, I mean, 77 prototype and then finding the skateboard prototype was good because it was light and flexible. It was just incredible watching so much, like two steps forward, one step back and, for me I've self-published two books and I know I was with him every inch of the way in the movie knowing how when you're flogging your own creativity it is so demoralizing you know and so I was just fascinated to to watch this man who just somehow got up from his knees from flogging all these products and and succeeded. I mean, can you speak a little of that kind of tenacity in the business, in the beginning especially, before it all took off? Yeah, I mean, you know, I obviously wasn't around back then but heard the stories and um, I actually heard one very recently. I was hanging with some surfers and, he went and stayed with these surfers like Peter, Peter Mel, who's like the WSL announcer. It was his granddad, um, John Mel. And my dad stayed with him. He was a surfboard shaper and uh, stayed with them. And they were like, what is this? Like it stayed with him and was trying to make snowboards out of surfboards. And they were like, just laughing at him and like, what are you doing? And like, 
just thought it was funny and giving him a hard time. But I think my dad, you know, naturally was kind of like, like to talk shit a little bit. And so I think sometimes it kind of motivated him um, when people like laughed and, and thought it was mm. funny or just talked down like, cause he would just talk back right right to you you know and it's like oh you guys are surfers or whatever it's lame you know um but you know i think i think through that he was he talks about just how um how lonely it was for a couple years i think that uh you know he missed that camaraderie and 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 human interaction for a couple years i can't imagine what that's like and you know Mm. it would have been um nice if we had a little bit more time in the film to explore that because it you know it was so hard to tell his life in an hour and a half it truly yeah. I, I wanted more I really wanted more I was like give me more it's so interesting <laughs> yeah, this cut was four hours and uh it was like it, and it was like man you could do a four-hour film of this I don't know how you guys are going to turn it in, into an hour and a half but um you know I think it just speaks to my dad's character and um, his tenacity and his dedication. And, you know, my favorite part of the film is when he said once I, you know, my favorite quote from the film is like, once I started focusing all my time and my energy and my money and my love on making it a sport, that's when things turned around. Um, yeah. You know, at first he talked about it, just, he was like, Oh, I can, it was almost a get rich quick scheme, but then, he really fell in love with the idea of making it a sport and he really fell in love with snowboarding um, before it even was snowboarding. And uh, I think that maybe that love for, for connecting with the snow and, and snowboarding was what was when things turned around and when, when uh, birds started to become successful. And then, and then once it started growing, you know, and he could hire more people and kind of built the community, I think that's that's what energized him after that. Was really just it just shows you how hard you have to push to actually succeed. Yeah. I, I love that your your dad has got so much passion for it and the love of sport. I, I have this love of the mountains where I don't live in the mountains, but whenever I drive into the mountains or I see the snow, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to live back here. How do I get back here? And your dad was lucky enough that he could actually do that in his life, which not a lot of people get to do. But, yeah, but I have to uh, mention your mum as, you know, behind every good man there is a great woman. (laughs) I have to say we're two ladies doing a podcast. (laughs) But but tell us about your, like, was she instrumental in kind of building the brand along the way? Like the Burton catalogue seemed a little bit like the Bible, seemed a bit like her kind of thing. Or was she just so busy looking after the kids in the business, making sure they weren't getting that skateboarding, snowboarding lifestyle? No, my mom was huge in in everything in 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 the company um i think uh wow yeah yeah i mean it's hard to describe how like powerful and but like loving and caring my mom is um she's just truly a role model for the entire industry um she really you know and especially like with gender equality equity um you know the equal prize money from the beginning at the u.s open yeah 
um, was, was really ahead of its time. And, you know, my mom has been super involved in burden sustainability, fair labor. I mean, she really cares about the people and, uh, and the planet. And, um, you know, she was there right from the beginning. She, she kind of opened up Burton European headquarters. Uh, yeah, she was head of Europe for a while, head of finance for a while. She kind of was thrown right into it. And, um, you know, her and my dad were co-CEOs for a while. And now my mom's chairman of the board and, you know, super involved. And, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know where burden or snowboarding would be without my mom, but, um, that's so nice to hear. <laughs> I'm sure she'll want to hear that from her son. Or I would be, you know, I think my dad had this kind of creative um, go for go for broke attitude. And my mom was, uh, you know, kind of more more of an intellectual and more kind of um, maybe kept the whole thing together a little bit, really pushed for for women snowboarding in a way that. Um, you know, now when you look at our community, it's, there are a lot of women there and it's not like yeah. skateboarding or surfing. That's like super broy, heavy male dominated. It's, it's a different vibe. And I, I think that's, you know, a lot, a lot of that has to do with my mom for sure. Incredible. Yeah. Um, I just want to speak a little about um, your dad's end of his life stage. I mean, he was such an amazing fighter. I, I love the chair dancing. I just love that. And just that whole, you know, having to get 100 days out of the season was you spoke a little bit of that before. Can you talk a little of that period of his life? Yeah. I mean, honestly, to me, it just felt like a kind of a cruel um just the cruel joke or act of nature i mean he was uh he was sick and then i you know when he got cancer the first time i was um took a semester off college to travel south america fortunately so i could just kind of went back and like started hanging with him and took care of him and then he got better and was like all right like you're good now like i'm gonna go kind of back to to my life and and you're good and um and then he got Miller Fisher which was just uh kind of the gnarliest thing I could ever imagine I mean he was like paralyzed without his brain was there but his body I mean he couldn't open his eyes he couldn't move for for weeks and weeks and uh that was really really not I didn't know such a thing existed um Neither did I, actually, until I watched the movie. So it was a real eye-opener to understand and see what such a fighter he was. Yeah, and it was it was a long time. I, You know, it, like, again, like an hour and a half is kind of hard to, to fit it all in, but it was it was quite, it was a long time, and it took a long time for him to recover fully. And, um, yeah, it was super just intense and going to visit him on weekends and working all week, and I was working in New York City at the time. Uh, it was it just felt like what like why would this happen and then um for him to get cancer again i don't know for you know for me it was uh hard to you know some people say everything happens for a reason and i was just like no, i don't know about that like, well it, it's i mean it's just so wonderful that you're able to capture so much of his life on film it's, so everybody can really not only enjoy the film, but appreciate 
the man behind the brand and 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 it helps to appreciate the brand and just and I really think it's a film that would not only appeal to a skier it's going to appeal to anyone who actually doesn't do snow sports because you know how much tenacity you need to succeed in life it's just such an inspiring movie in that way whether it's snow sports or not yeah. I think the people around him that surrounded him in his finer hours as well, you know, the, the team Burton, he created this amazing team of people around him, which, you know, he, and he really listened to his team riders and they were all there and he built the band brand on snowboarding itself, didn't it really? So the people that were riding his products would give him feedback, but then he loved them for giving the feedback and he wasn't, he didn't seem to be a selfish man. He wanted information build the snowboarding as a sport would you say that yeah definitely and I think that's kind of what sets us apart as a as a brand and as a sport and as a yeah as a company to ride for I mean yeah every pro snowboarder will tell you well deep down wants to ride for burden straight up and uh Mm. yeah and he listened to my mom and he listened to he listened to (laughs) He listened to everyone, but he was also, um, he also made decisions and, you know, not every decision was right, but he, anybody learned and, uh, yeah, I think it's incredible. And that's something we still do as a brand is we, um, we've built in really good ways of communicating with our team riders on how to drive the product and the sport, uh, further. Um, did you guys as teenagers get to have impact on the brand? Did you did he listen to his kids? <laughs> well, they didn't make kids products until till I was a kid. Huh? Um, so I remember, yeah, the the first kids graphics were uh there was another person working at a burden at the time who had two sons that were my age and we got to pick which which graphics we liked and that that ended up being the graphic. Um but then, uh, yeah, we had these kind of team, pro rider team summits uh, every year. And um, me and my brothers would go to those since we were, uh, since we were teenagers. Um, Did he ever want you guys to get into the life, the 90s, like the, <laughs> the professional big, big mountain riders or do the US Open? Was that one I of mean, his goals? I- I think I, I think a lot of us all want it. a lot of us who work in the snowboard industry all want it to be pro snowboarders, but me included. But uh, it's really scary. Like, I think to be a pro rider, there has to be uh, something different about your brain to be able to to step yeah. to that stuff all the time. Um, you think you don't have to fear death? Is what I figure. These yeah. these guys that are riding huge mountains and doing the half pipe. Yeah, exactly. And girls. Sorry, guys and girls. Exactly. We have to ask you, George, what is your favourite mountain to ride on? Wherever the snow is good. Yeah, (laughs) great answer. We've never had that answer. (laughs) Yeah, true. Well, yeah, that's right. If you had to choose one, if you had to commit to one. (laughs) I think my my home mountain, Stowe, um, that's kind of like... Burton's home mountain, my home mountain, and uh, I just love going there because I'm bound to run into um, a bunch of homies up there, and uh, yeah, and I know that mountain like the back of my hand, so I'd I'd say still. 
So I grew up like in the 90s skiing in the industry, in the 90s industry, and Stowe was like known as solid, you know, um, ice. <laughs> so it's like it's hard that a snowboarder would love, you know, love that hill. And, and I get, I also like kind of was in the 90s and, and I remember Burton coming to Perisher and I'm thinking, wow, kind of hard boots at that time. You know, everyone kind of rode hard boots still in early, early 90s and, the, you know, soft boots were coming in, but... And I found it fascinating in the movie. I forgot that you actually had to get taught how to snowboard before you were allowed to free ride on the hill. That was, I, I went, oh, my gosh, I remember that happening. Yeah, so it was really interesting that your dad was at the forefront of making the ski industry think differently. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's in France, you actually have to become a ski instructor before you can become a snowboard instructor. Um because of kind of the FIS control over the sport. And uh, so we're actually kind of still fighting that fight, believe it or not. Wow. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, CSIA is who I kind of did all my work with in Australian and Canadian, American, and Australian, and they're just, they're so pro snowboarding. And it's such a, yeah, it's, it, I, I love that they do that, but I love, you know, free ride as well. They have half pipe now that they teach in lessons and it's such, it's an integral part of us of a snow mountain now, really, which is like so good to see. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's so, it's so fun. Like I, I'm still riding park at 32 and uh, yeah, I mean, it's like skateboarding influence on snow, you know, riding pals kind of like surfing. It's um, yeah. Riding park super fun and it's really good. All the mountains that build good parks have more snowboarders. It's just kind of, yeah so it's it's super fun we love it yeah yeah i did work at deer valley which is still no snowboarding (laughs) why (laughs) some of those mountains it's in the it's in the will of the uh original owner or whatever i know it's like that for mad river glen like it's in his will and he left it out grandkids or whatever but uh yeah those kind of a binding legal document so you can't really change. Can you tell us a bit about the um the current Burton Riders? Definitely, yeah. I mean, we have. I, I think we have the best snowboard team on the on the planet. I would I would say, and uh, you know, we cover all aspects of snowboarding. Our we have our contest riders. Um, you know, I think Red Red Gerard, Mark McMorris. Uh, are are some of the Olympic hopefuls on a Gosser on the woman's side for slope style, um, as well as the kind of some up and coming and and representing other country contest riders. Ayumu in the half pipes, definitely an Olympic, probably going to win the gold medal in half pipe. Um, and then we have, you know, free riders, uh, both men and women. We have People that work on film projects, um, people that are social media savvy, uh, but we, it, to us, it's really important to have like a well-rounded team and um, also team riders that exhibit our values and and do a lot for the community and for the sport and uh, like street riders too. There's some really interesting kind of like you know skateboarding influence like riding in the streets um zeb powell is kind of one of my new favorite snowboarder like favorite snowboarders right now uh 
is just super creative. Like you don't really know what he's going to do next. And, uh, you know, he did really well at the knucklehawk, but also just watching his clips is, is super rad. And, um, we, you know, we, um, have some Paralympic athletes on our team as well. Kiana Clay, um, is a big one for us right now. And, that's actually some really cool product development we're doing is, you know, how can we make uh, our step on technology usable for people, you know, with, with missing limbs or our limbs that aren't fully functioning. And uh, that's actually some really cool product innovation that's happening right now. And we partnered with Microsoft on that and we have a really cool 3d printing rapid prototyping facility in Vermont where we're working on that stuff for the uh, disabled athletes quite a bit. Yeah, that's that's awesome. What about your plus size products? Yeah, definitely. I think fit in general is just something that we are constantly looking at. Um, mm. You know, because what uh, a lot of times girls will gravitate towards the men's stuff and I sometimes yeah. did the prints on the girls' stuff more. And we definitely want to make um, everything possible for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not super involved on the on that stuff, but I'm I'm sure we're I'm sure we're pushing for that. Yeah, I definitely got the that feel from the movie that Burton is community. Even though you're this massive worldwide brand, you still come back to community. You see, you're still kind of always listen to your writers you, you I think that's is that part of what you have to hold in the company moving forward having still keeping your dad's sense of community within the Burton brand yeah definitely and, and we listen to our our dealers and you know we're opening more flagship stores or partnerships the Burton branded partnership stores and a lot of what we do is um you know as as our family or, or people that are able to travel to these places within the company is just kind of getting feedback from, from our retailers, from our team riders. And now from our customers too, as a, as a company, we're really diving into customer insights and what is our, what does our customer really want from us as a brand? Um, yeah. So it's kind of finding that balance between what does our customer want? What are our, what are our dealers want? What are our team riders want? And um, yeah, having the right people develop and market the product. When I was watching the movie, I was thinking, okay, right. What's Burton taught me over the years? Like the movie talked about, I didn't like Sims at the time, you know? And, and then also like why I was so sad when Craig Kelly died in 2003. It really touched me the whole movie. And I didn't realize that story behind all of those. I was so, I'm glad your dad through this movie taught me about all of that. What do you think your dad taught you through this movie? What did you learn and what? I learned through this movie. I mean, I think I kind of, kind of knew all of it I don't I guess it's made me think that you know Tanil and I we're parents of kids of variety of ages and we both have families where we're always on the move and we're you know go 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 and I think sometimes you as kids you can see just the you know parents are cranky or they're this or they're that but it's maybe I don't know you kind of see things differently through it's like a I guess it's their life sped up. Yeah. Well, I, I think what was really cool about my parents and was that they never, um, 
forced anything on us, you know, like yeah. they never really told us to do. I mean, like they kind of expected us to get good grades and um, show up. And my dad's thing was like, never make excuses like, or, you know, we'd get in fights and, and be like, well, it was Taylor, you know, it was my brother's fault. He's like, dude, I don't want to hear it. Like you guys are fighting. Like it needs to stop. Like, no, I don't care about the backstory or, um, so that's something that really stuck with us. And, uh, yeah, they just kind of encouraged us to follow our own path. And, you know, I think from a little kid, I always said I wanted to work for Burton and, you know, my dad said, all right, like, if you want to do that, you have to get a college degree you have to learn another language and you have to get at least two years of experience at another company. Um, so I did all those things, you know, I think. Good yeah. rules. What language did you learn? I love Spanish. Nice. Perfect. I love yeah. South America. But I think so. Yeah. I think it's important to, um, you know, set up some kind of expectations, but at the same time, you know, my dad involved me in the, uh, the the team rider summit things we would do and um i and the board meetings after i graduated college i was i was got to sit on the board meeting i think it's you know and my dad never really told us like the things in the movie and or just his his character or what he you know how to succeed or yeah how to do this but he just kind of like and, and and everyone around him he kind of just um showed it and lived by example i think that was yeah. that was really good for us as as you know when the culture went really kind of what i thought sideways <laughs> like with everyone getting quite aggressive and kind of snowboarding got a really bad name which it didn't deserve because it was only a minority how was that dealt with within the family were you got how old were you when that was happening were you too young yeah i was born in 89 and I think it kind of, um, Too young. yeah, I was young, but I remember going to snowboard video premieres when I was, uh, younger and being kind of scared. Um, through, people throwing beer bottles was like a big one back then. And yeah, I, wow. I remember being kind of scared. Um, and yeah, I don't know. People around then will, will tell you it was rad. It was it was cool, but I was like, I don't, as a kid, I was kind of like not super comfortable at those things. And it didn't, wasn't like a lifestyle I wanted to emulate. And I think snowboarding now is, you know, you can have energy and excitement and, and, but it doesn't have to be uh, scary for kids. I think that's just the mountain attitude now, you know, Burton's kind of gone a long way to build that community to make it. Yeah. And some of our pro riders now are at that age where they're all having children. Um, and I think snowboarding is so young that there hasn't been kind of a second generation yet. Yeah. You know, I might be, me and a couple others might be at the start of it, but uh, yeah, it's still so young. I, one of our team rider, our longtime team riders, Marco Grillo, um, who passed away uh, a month or in November, um, really showed that transition of he was a, he was a team rider. Um, and then he really became involved in kind of the family side of snowboarding. And he was doing a lot for family snowboarding in Europe. And he was just kind of a perfect example of like how you transition from a team rider to an ambassador of the sport. And yeah. you know, we're 
that he's one of the first or Kelly Clark's another example of someone who's uh, really stepped up to become an ambassador of the sport in in a beautiful way. Um, Yeah. And so they're writing the history on how to do that right now. It's really. Yeah. It's exciting. Wow. So, so where is your biggest market? Do you think for Burton in the world? Um, it's the U S for sure. Uh, yeah. It might be China in a couple of years. Yeah, it will be. I think your mum in at the end of the movie, which I really loved, was how ride on Jake, like that whole scene had me in absolute tears. I when everyone came down the half pipe, I was like, oh my gosh. And then your mum mouthed the words, I'm gonna say it, sorry, fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. And I was like, that just explains death perfectly. That's it. Yeah. Really- I was I was right next to her at the bottom. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a really emotional moment. Yeah. And the director, Fernando, did such a good job of using the U.S. Open as a, as a thread through the movie and uh, ending it on that. And, you know, the announcer, Salama Masekela, um, doing the voiceover for that part. It was just, uh, yeah, what a powerful ending to the film and and um, yeah powerful moment for all of us it certainly was well I, I think you know I'd like to just say that everyone needs a friend like Jake I think in their life like their dad you were pretty lucky that he was your dad yeah, <laughs> yeah he was um it, it, the movie just sold his energy love passion for his family and his writers I guess and I love that I love that it was called Dear Rider yeah so yeah, thank you for sharing this with the world. It's a story that is really needs to be told. It's really exciting and I hope um, everybody enjoys it, not only in the snow community but just everybody, yeah. everyone out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, I I think, think no matter who you are, where you come from, what you do, it's you can uh, find something to relate to in the snow for sure. Yeah. Thank you for talking to us today as well. Of course, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're really thrilled. It was awesome. It was awesome to get a little bit of an insight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank y'all. Great talking. So thanks for listening. If you want to see the movie, go to dearridermovie.com. You can rent or buy the movie on one of your favorite apps. Bye. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.